This week on Box Office Time Machine, we review Halloween and also Halloween, but not Halloween. There are three movies in this series called Halloween. Wah, wah. <laughs> That's part of Carpenter's score. Welcome to the third episode. Third that people can hear. Yeah, third episode of Box Office. It's also the third episode that we've made reference to the first one that no one can hear. I this should be part of our canon. Oh, okay. This is part of the BOTM canon. Slap that on the wiki. Yeah. The unheard predator episode. We should do a wiki that only you and I edit. (laughs) Good. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Speaking of sad things, let's introduce our podcast. Hey. <laughs> no, this is a happy podcast. Yes. What, what, what are we doing here on this happy well, podcast? Well, on this happy podcast, we watch the number one movie this week uh, and also the number one movie X decades ago. And Uh-oh. I know you would be so surprised by this, mm-hmm. but the number one movie this week and the number one movie four decades ago were called Halloween. It's and at crazy. first you're like, oh, this could be a crash and crash situation. <laughs> one could be about like people loving to having sex to like crush the pumpkins. <laughs> yes, and the other one is about the racism of Halloween. <laughs> but no, they're both about this serial killer murdering these people very, very... You know, when it comes in to... grimy ways. When it comes to racism on Halloween, everyone's connected. That's true. I mean, I hope there is like a, a three six mafia song about it. Oh, hold on, that wasn't three six mafia. No, that was hustle and flow. Yeah. Oh man, it was the same year. Well regarded Oscar winners of a decade ago. Exciting. All right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, this year, Halloween, the twenty eighteen sequel that ignores um, all but forty years ago's. 1978's Halloween. Um, Mm -hmm. We also, interesting, we had the option of also doing, or uh, not doing Halloween 1, but instead doing Halloween 4, which was number one this weekend 30 years ago. Yeah, that an option that we rejected for reasons that will soon become clear. (laughs) Soon as in in right now, because I think this is interesting. Um, So I... Uh, uh, I the Halloween series was one of my favorite movie series growing up. I watched them all, and unlike me, Veronica, you saw them when uh, on Friday night and Saturday. <laughs> you had never seen a single Halloween movie, so you couldn't really uh, you didn't want to jump into Halloween four. Yeah, I I was like I want to see the good ones because I feel like. And I might be prejudging this, but I feel like Halloween 4 might not be the apex of the series. It's honestly, I, I rewatched half of it. It's fine. It's actually, it's it's fine. It's one, of the, it's one of the better ones. Well, it's on this one week trial of Shudder that I got. Yep, so yep. maybe I'll check it check out. Check it out. Check it out. 
Um, but yeah, how, uh, so we're also going to do something a little uh, different this week of the um, uh, we're really shaking up the format three weeks Whoa. in. <laughs> I know you just guys, when people get used to our characters. You just got on solid footing, and we are shaking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to start this time with the older movie, and we're going to work chronologically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when we'll ever get a chance to do a multi-decade sequel, so this is very exciting. I mean, I am very excited about the Annie Hall sequel we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, for so many reasons, I see that one coming along soon. Uh, uh, sorry. All right, let's begin. The year, we're traveling back in time, 1978. John Carpenter, straight off the successes of... Uh, uh, assault assault on, on Precinct 13 and Lone Star? Was that his first? I don't know. I thought Assault was his first movie, but I might be wrong. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, straight after those, um, he and his co-producer, Deborah Hill, decide to write a little spooky horror movie. Uh, Deborah Hill, a former babysitter, asks herself, what would be the scariest kind of things that would happen to she and her friends? They come up with a little script. They film it in California, but it's set in Illinois. So all the fall foliage you see on the ground is construction paper that they strewn around the yard. Um, But yeah, they make a little movie called Halloween about a young boy who turns out to be a force of evil. He's locked away for 15 years after killing his sister and then returns to haunt the town he grew up in. Specifically, another young girl played by Jamie Lee Curtis. That character's name is Laurie Strode, and we'll hear a lot more about her in the second half of her of our podcast. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But let's start with the first one. Uh, uh, so I, I'm... I've seen these movies many, many times. I rewatched this uh, recently with um, uh, with my girlfriend, who also had never seen Ooh, it before. John has a girlfriend. Real life creep. <laughs> she, lives, she lives in Canada. <laughs> I swear she's real, you guys. I don't just make her up for the podcast. Uh, no, uh, we uh, watched it. She had never seen it before either. Um, but I'm, I'm curious. Uh, what did you think of your first screening of what is uh, widely considered a horror masterpiece? Oh, I was... I thought you were going to ask what is Wiley considered a horror movie. (laughs) Hot take. Widely considered by many to be a film. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, yeah, as you said, I've never seen the movies, but I feel like as like someone who's lived in the world, I've like, I know the beats and I've seen the clips. So like I have seen like the opening scene and I have some, I have seen some stuff in the movie Scream when they <laughs> are screening yep. the movie Halloween. So all of these uh, scenes I've seen before. Did you um, miss not having Jamie Kennedy standing in front of the TV describing what was happening? Oh, I put in a cutout. <laughs> you got a big cardboard cutout from the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Yeah, yeah. I dove into my treasure trove of the Jamie Kennedy experiment memorabilia. You got your poster from Malibu's Most Wanted and slapped um, it on the wall. Yeah, well, it's always on the wall. <laughs> Where I kiss it every day before I go to bed. Yes, we record this in uh, Veronica's apartment and we we're, all, uh, just so you know, always look straight out a poster of Malibu's most wanted. Yeah, it's the it has like eyes that move. It's not weird, guys. I'm only 90% sure that was the name of that movie. 
I think it's Malibu's most okay. violent. Um, anyway, a yeah. movie we will probably never cover. <laughs> on this don't too. believe, don't believe it made it to number one. But um, but yeah, was there anything? Uh, so you were pretty aware of how the movie worked. Um, was there anything that surprised you in the story? Uh, scenes that you, you any kind of element that uh, that you didn't expect from your preconceived notion of what this movie was? Uh, well, I guess the pacing of it was like more. I mean slower than mm. I expected it to be, but in a good way, you know, because basically there's no killing until, I don't know, probably like the last half hour of the movie or something like that, which was good. And there was a lot of like lurking mm. and like, you know, a waiting and which is more suspenseful and enjoyable in my book. I, I noticed that with Kristen uh, as well for like the first 40 minutes. She kept being like, oh, he's dead. I was like, no, no, he's fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. Well, that was that was one thing that I mean, I guess it's a pet peeve about like many horror movies. But the idea of just like and this happens several times in this movie where someone stabs him once and is just like walks away from it. Like I'm I'm sure I did my part. He's dead now. And like he keeps waking up and it's like, no, do it a thousand more times. Laurie Strode's seeming allergy to holding onto a knife for more than two minutes is, is something that gets brought up in discussions of this movie frequently. It is sort of crazy that she's like, oh, I stabbed someone. Okay, better crash on this couch and drop this knife right next to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that that's like part of the convention and stuff. So I'm not like totally pedantic about it, but it's definitely something that I wish a movie would address. Um, uh, they may have addressed it in the new one, but, um, we'll get to that. Did you, uh, did you find it at all, uh, frightening? Were you at all uh, frightened by the movie? Mm, I think there were certain scenes. I think when he's, uh, was Annie her friend's name? Yes. Uh, uh, well, uh, that is one of her friends. Yeah, yeah that's so the... Annie and Lord and Lindsay, right? Lindsay's the little girl that Annie oh. is babysitting. Okay. So, yeah. So, Annie is the... Sitter. The brunette. Yes. Uh, like, there were some scenes with her, like, in that laundry shack. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Who has a laundry shack? <laughs> <laughs> but that was... that. Those things were good. And sort of once that happened, the reveal of, like, the bodies, that was mm. really good. Uh, but once he started chasing Lori, it wasn't like it's more suspenseful. Yeah, I think like when you're still not sure what the deal is, it's. I mean, obviously, like in any movie, you are more prone to be surprised than like once he starts killing everyone or attempting to. So, um, so I, uh, so unlike uh, Veronica, I've seen this movie many times. My first experience with it, for some reason, I still remember this is, um. My uh, neighbor, the 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 girls who live next door, um, we'd hang out. Uh, my brother and I would hang out with them, and their cousin who babysat one Halloween was watching it with her boyfriend, and I would guess we were eight or nine, and I remember seeing it, and they were like, and they were like, "You gotta go. You're this is this is a this is an adult movie. This is an old person movie. It's too scary," and I believe, and I I was tried to watch it through the window. Um, uh, and I think I said, like I, a creepy Michael like Myers, a creepy, like a little Michael Myers boy. And then they went up to have sex. So I stabbed them oh, um, for a minute, for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they go up 
And like a minute later, he's like, see ya. That, that <laughs> teen boy, I, accurate? I think it's fair. <laughs> that teen boy goes up with Judith Myers and he is done in the time it takes Michael to walk through two rooms. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can assume foreplay was minimal. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no. So uh, so I, I, I remembered, I loved it. I saw it as a kid. Um, I remember I had the DVD. I watched all the behind the scenes shit. I watched all the sequels, those with Paul Rudd, those without Paul Rudd. Um, watch and I, but I hadn't seen the original for probably so years, and um, I thought it held up great. I loved it. One thing I really noticed in a difference. Um, last year I did a big run through the Friday the Thirteenth series, Ooh, which is well worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are fun. Some of them, uh, Jason takes Manhattan. The fucking uh, one at the. With fake Jason, um, the one at the uh, place for, like, troubled children. That movie is garbage. Those two are so boring and so awful. But um, the one, having seen those recently and not uh, not this one, I really appreciated how human the, uh, the teenage characters are. Mm-hmm. And how, I mean, everyone talks about how likable Jamie Lee Curtis is and how great Laurie Strode is. But I think all of them, it felt really real. And I think that input from that this was really written just to be like okay imagine you and your teen friends and deborah hill sitting there trying to remember her teen friends and in my mind she's like okay then okay it would be really spooky if like i was having sex with my boyfriend and then he came back but it wasn't my boyfriend like you can see like that you can see how you'd come up with that scare and then meanwhile in my mind like john carpenter sitting there going like Okay, and I'm going to write on a monologue about uh, the definition of evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Though, like, at first you sort of, like, don't get why that group of friends are friends. They seem oh, really? to not like each other that much. Oh, I disagree. I thought they, <laughs> I, I thought more than most um, teen friends, I thought they felt like a good friend group. I don't know. They just, like, seem to be mean to each other. Um... <laughs> Well, I mean, they they Josh, they tease. I guess They're they mostly Josh. teasing. Uh, uh, Maybe seventies Joshing is different <laughs> from the aughts Joshing. Well, well, PJ Souls, who plays, um, oh my god, the blonde friend, uh, was also in a Carrie, and those are some teenage characters who do not seem to like each yes, other. Yes, compared one bit. to Carrie, you are right. Anything <laughs> that's compared to Carrie, those are uh, some mean fucking teens. Linda is Linda. her name, and we shall remember it from now. Linda on. and Bob. Linda and Bob, they live across the street. <laughs> They're 50 now. They don't live across the street. You know what I realized? This this is the first time I've ever realized. They're fucking in the house of just the pa- the family that Annie's babysitting oh, yeah. for. That's so gross and weird. I that did not weird. realize that until this, this screening. Yeah, that was, oh yeah, that was definitely like a thing where I was like, what? They just like they don't see her, so they're like, "Well, we better go fuck to the in master the bed. bedroom." I, <laughs> I'm never, man. I don't care where I'm going. I'm bringing my kids with me. No babysitters after watching this film. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, I think the movie was originally going to be called "The Babysitter Murders," which I believe they make a reference to in the new one. Right. Similar to how the Predator this summer made reference to how the Predator was originally supposed to be called like Space Hunter or whatever the fuck. Space Hunter. <laughs> I think just the Hunter. But um but yeah, I I really did like the those uh those relationships. And here's a question. So you say they weren't they weren't friends. Clearly Lori is 
Um, she is uh, uh, a little more goody two shoes than the other two. Oh, she's a virgin. Well, do you where? How much of a theme? And this will go into our discussion of the new one, which I think is um, attempts eh, to uh, uh, to respond to this movie's uh, kind of placement in the canon of horror movies from the late 70s, early 80s that seem to punish uh, teen sexuality through this kind of force of puritanical evil. Do you think this movie has a view positive or negative about Laurie Strode's sexuality? Uh, well, so I've heard this interpretation before, most mostly in the aforementioned movie Scream. Uh-huh. Uh, I, and to be honest, like, I think if it wasn't brought up to me earlier, that would not be something that I would have latched on to yeah. of just, oh. And then I read that, you know, John Carpenter that was not an intent of theirs when they were writing the book, the book, the movie. So I, I mean, I did notice it just knowing that that was like an interpretation of it, but that's not one that I would have given it had I not been exposed to it. I, I agree. I think there is definitely, um, I think that whole thing is a byproduct of, uh, first off, uh, all the movies that came that ripped this one off. Um, this movie clearly, there is some kind of sexual undercurrent. Uh, I mean, there is a choice that is made to have the first murder happen with Judith Myers topless. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a choice that is made and just had sex and these teens have sex. I think it is possible that part of that came came from just like, oh yeah, trying to make these teens just feel like real teens. Oh, they're just trying to go get laid somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's all they want to do is drink cheap beer and get laid. As we all do, it's fucking, that's life, babe. Yeah. It's fucking life. That's what I do. I bang some (laughs) chicks every Friday night (laughs) Um, (laughs) for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But um, boring Halloween. No one wants to celebrate, actually just celebrate Halloween in these movies. No one has costumes. Yeah. Ooh, let's do that. What do you think, like, Lori would go as for Halloween? (laughs) Uh, I think Gloria would wear her apron and just be cooking and be happy to be doing that. Aww. <laughs> I think she would be Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so so you had um, like movies like the Friday the 13th rip, rip this off and ha- include all the sex um, and also have like the goody two-shoots girl. And so I think it became a trope. Right. I mean, people point out that this is like the first slasher movie, but interestingly, like... Black Christmas came out a year before and did many of the similar things. Um, Black Christmas, <laughs> I gave you some coal. <laughs> and the final girl from that movie is very much not a virgin. In fact, one of the potential killers is her, her boyfriend who's furious that she wants to have an abortion. Whoa, that is a Black Christmas. <laughs> okay, uh, it's, uh, I, believe the, I believe what the song Brick is based on. <laughs> Oh, my God. I thought Brick was based on a real, like, abortion. <laughs> I don't think it's based on Black Christmas. But those are my two. Brick and the movie Black Christmas are my two favorite abortion on Christmas stories. And oh, my that God. One You're episode, so fun at parties. And that one episode <laughs> of Nip Tuck. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, I think that is kind of just a thing that due to the subgenre growing and building, turning just 
random elements of this movie into tropes, that has become more of a part of this movie's history than is actually in the original film. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting how this movie has been interpreted many different ways. And I think part of that is because they keep Michael such a blank slate and such a, like... Um, yeah. Here, let me give you your thoughts. Donald Pleasance plays uh, Dr. Loomis, uh, Dr. Michael's Loomis. doctor. Would you put, would you call him a good or bad psychiatrist? Oh, bad. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that's a spoiler for our next section, but all the people <laughs> who are in charge of doing medical things in these movies seem to be very lax and bad at their jobs. Yeah, Smith's Grove does not have a good hiring process, and we're not even talking about the movie where it was revealed that half of the staff was in an evil cult. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it's... <sighs> Like, why does he... It's so strange to me. That was, like, one of the things that, as I was watching the movie, I was unclear on. But no one seems to believe him or mm. help him. There's one Beckett, like, the one lone police officer yeah. who seems to help him out. No one else seems to be remotely interested. Why? What? That That just seemed strange to me. Well, I think, I mean, he's just, like, this nutball is like my my 21 year old patient is pure evil it, like he talks like a crazy person he, he talks does, like he's straight out of it's also a hammer like, movie it's also a patient who we like the town itself knows what he has done before they should be scared yeah but i get you, you forget like this is like the case of that little kid who stabbed his sister like, and then no one's heard about him for 15 years. The house, yeah, he's like a little, he's a boogeyman. But I, I don't even think Michael, I think when this movie starts, Michael Myers is not really a thing to the town. It's just mm. like, oh, that's the house where the bad thing happened. Like, the kids don't say Michael Myers. The kids say the boogeyman's going to get you. That's true. Um, so Perhaps th- you're right. I, I just thought that it was very, like, every police officer was very nonchalant about the appearance of Michael Myers. But I guess that makes sense. Well, it's like, um, I, I do, that's one thing, uh, another thing, uh, in addition to the teens I really liked is I really liked how normal everything is, how just normal and average this town is. And right. then it's just like these two characters out of like a gothic horror movie appear. <laughs> the, the, the scientist and the evil. <laughs> the, the shape. And everyone's just like, yeah, okay, Doc, whatever, buddy. <laughs> Which I... is probably most likelihood how we would react to something like this. <laughs> you bet. <I> would... <laughs> like, Dr. Loomis is going in for like his like uh, review, you know, peer review at the hospital. They're like, oh, so what do you think about your latest patient? He has the darkest eyes, the devil's yeah. eyes. Okay, yeah. Uh, He's not... pure evil. Is that science? <laughs> That's not really a medical uh, diagnosis there. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Lewis. Yeah, he's definitely, he does a lot of speeches. He doesn't seem to be good at his job. I, But I, I like him. I, I love I love that performance. I loved him in, in uh, he showed up in uh, five of the first six. Um, oh, tragically wow. died during the troubled production of the sixth one before they went for reshoots oh no uh so in the original canon that character dies off spoilers i don't know guy six sucks uh, <laughs> which one is six uh that's one with paul rudd in his first uh, uh film appearance playing uh tommy the boy from oh, this movie grown up whoa yep 
Does he read Ant-Man in that movie? Uh, uh, no. Oh, interesting. Uh, he does have black hair, in which, although the character in this movie clearly has red hair. Well, you know, things change. That's my only problem with this movie, is that they didn't predict that Paul Rudd would have black hair. Yeah, how dare they? <laughs> um, but overall, I, I really like this movie. I love um, the simplicity of it. Uh, the, the, I, I, I love the spookiness. I love how black the blacks are in the screen. Yeah. And it's very, it has a Halloween color palette. It's Mm -hmm. very like orangey and black. It was good. And the score. Yes. I like the score. I mean, basically the score just kind of stays with you for the rest of the night, which is great. Um, great. Uh, why don't we take a quick uh, break and then we'll return to present day and see Ooh, how David Gordon Green right. and uh, Danny McBride did in bringing us back to Halloween. <sighs> Breath. It's really making some, some popping noises. <laughs> Sounds like a That's cat. how Michael Myers sounds. He like. does. He does when he's stalking around. <sighs> He's like, he has a whole Darth Vader thing going <laughs> Yeah, he's just a 21-year-old guy in relatively good shape. What's with all the heavy breathing, buddy? Yeah, well, maybe it's just the mask. Maybe it's the Captain... T- uh, what's his Matt's- name? <laughs> Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk uh, mask. Did you like the mask? I like the mask. The mask was good. The mask is very spooky. It is spooky. It is strange how much of a clean slate he is. You know? Yeah. It, it, and that's something, to be honest, that kind of something that i don't really like about horror movies is that like we don't really it is just like a thing that kills people you normally want more explanation i i would like more of like a motive or something i guess would you be uh do you know about the stuff in the sequels that the new one uh gets rid of no i don't know anything do you know laurie strode's connection to him in most of the sequels well, so I read that like the second one basically starts the next day. Yeah, so, it all continues that night. Yeah, yeah, which is a great conceit. I think she's just like passed out in the hospital for a large portion of the movie. Oh, so I know that part, and I know that in the one Michelle Williams is in, it's I guess sometime later, and she's a teacher in California or something yeah. like that. Um, but, but that's the extent of what. But I do know. you know that Laurie Strode is revealed to be his sister? Ew, no, really? <laughs> yeah, that's the bit that's the big plot thing that the new ones erased. That the new one erased. Good. That's unnecessary. So you're not interested in that. I don't that's the thing. I mean, I suppose any explanation would make it Yeah, I can't I can't think off the top of my head of an explanation that would actually like make it better but i feel I like think you would really not like the rob zombie remake i feel like there exists an explanation that i would enjoy but i can't like none of the standard ones of like oh he didn't like his sister having sex or like he was fixated on like well clearly 
the cult of Thorn gave him the mark of Thorn as a baby because the Smith's Grove Sanitarium and many of the people in the town of Haddonfield are actually Satanists and the mark of Thorn <laughs> forces someone to murder all their blood relatives so that they can get the power of Samhain. See, it's scarier that way, Veronica. Oh my God, I feel like I'm being transformed to a pitch meeting for like <laughs> Halloween 3 or something. That is that is the plot of Halloween 5 and 6. Oh, so yeah, it's interesting to have read that um, uh, the there are like three or four timelines in the Halloween verse. Um, okay, so <laughs> I teased our break 10 minutes ago, but we'll get there in a second. Um, uh, Halloween 1 and 2 remain. Halloween 2 ends with Michael Myers and Loomis very much dead. They fucking blow up. Oh, okay. Uh, then they decide they want to make Halloween an anthology. And so they made Halloween 3, which is a fascinating movie. Good, maybe, but definitely fascinating. And it did not do well. People were furious and Michael Myers was not in it. So was in it? it is, it's completely unrelated. In fact, they at one point are watching the original Halloween on TV. That so. is so odd, like, to do that in the third movie. Like, well, they, they established a pattern. <laughs> they wanted to make it like an anthology, like a, like a you know, Twilight Zone type thing. I mean, I get it, but would you do that after you've already done two movies with that movie? Well, apparently not if you want the audience to not be furious. Yeah, I would be disappointed. Um, so despite having one of the great, gross, awful, terrifying scenes in movie history, that movie, which is not very good, uh, did not do well. So 10 years after the original, they brought back Halloween 4. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis said, no, thank you. Um, she and- was doing a fish called Wanda. Let's see, that would have been 88. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and she was like, uh, please kill me off. So um, she dies off screen in that movie. She's revealed to have had a daughter um, and then died in a car crash. So Michael's now chasing his niece for whatever reason. Then at the end of the fourth one, uh, the niece is, I guess, spoiler section. You know what? I'm not going to go through this fucking series. What am I doing? <laughs> no one wants to listen to this. No, you Guys, can't stop. read Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. Well, that sucks. Oh, you want me to say what happens? Yeah, just finish your story. All right. So then his uh, young sister um, uh, named um, Jamie Lloyd, in a reference to Jamie Lee Curtis. Got it. Um, got she uh, <laughs> she is chased and at the end kills her own stepmother as a tease for her being the new killer. Then Halloween 5 came and the producer, Mustafa Akka, was like, our killer's not a little girl. Fuck that. So she comes back and she's fine. But now she's a mute for some reason who may or may not have psychic powers. Dr. Ooh. Loomis is trying to protect her. Uh, Michael's back, kills her sister real fast, uh, the star of the previous movie. Um, chase him around for a while. There is a mysterious man in black who we see repeatedly in the fifth movie. Is Will Smith? You fucking wish. <laughs> I do. Um, at the end, there is a shootout in the police station. Michael kills a ton of police officers. Then the mysterious man in black appears, saves Michael, and kidnaps Jamie Lloyd. We jump forward to Halloween 6. Halloween 6 reveals that Jamie Lloyd has been captured by Satanists. Uh, Jamie's been captured by Satanists for a bunch of years, has been... Uh, raped and impregnated with it by her own brother. Oh boy. And Paul um, Rudd has black hair. Yeah, I believe artificially. I don't know. Oh no, maybe it wasn't. Anyway, they needed to get another offspring so that Michael would kill again. Um, they kill off his. Oh, this movie was reshot heavily, so they kill her off at the beginning of the movie, which is not the original plan. Um, the star of the last two, she gets killed off. Um, and then Paul Rudd finds a baby, and he and a lady, uh, who's oh, a strode, a descendant of the Strodes. A strode. <laughs> run around town, blah blah blah. Uh, um, a very old looking Donald Pleasant shows up. Um, then dies off screen. The man in black is revealed to be another doctor at Smith's Grove Sanitarium because they're a bunch of cultists uh, worshiping the the Mark of Thorn or whatever that shit I talked about earlier. Oh, um, then they kill uh, Michael. Like dies off screen. The ending is crazy because they reshot it without the actor who died. Um, and then we jump to Halloween 7, which ignores 4, 5, and 6. Uh, now Jamie Lee Curtis is alive and faked her death but never had a daughter. Um, <laughs> she's now a teacher uh, at a private school with her son, Josh Hartnett, and security guard LL Cool J. Um, Ooh, that's, a, that's a good proof. Halloween show is, in many ways, the plot of the new one. Um, she's real traumatized and has a lot of nightmares. How does Michelle Williams fit in? Michelle Williams is Josh Hartnett's girlfriend. Oh. I believe she survives. I remember. But yeah, Jason Comes kills a bunch of people, and at the end, fucking Jamie Lee Curtis cuts off his fucking head with an axe. Hell yeah, dude. It's badass. Whoa. Cut to the worst movie in the series. <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. We open on Jimmy Lee Curtis in an insane asylum. It turns out that Michael Myers cleverly put his mask on another man's head and cut out his vocal cords so that he could not warn Jamie Lee Curtis, oh no, don't cut off my head. So she cut off an innocent uh, uh, paramedic's head. Now she's lost her mind and lives in an insane asylum. Michael Myers shows up, kills her. It sucks. She dies in the first five minutes. Everyone feels, feels bad watching the movie. It's terrible. And then oh. the movie continues and gets worse from there. Buster Rhymes karate kicks Michael Myers. It's awful. Buster Rhymes is on it? That's kind of yep. cool. And Tyra Banks. Uh, <laughs> and then Rob Zombie uh, remade the movies. And to be fair, I didn't see them, so I'm not going to try this random. Has he only done one or two? He made two. Oh, wow. Uh, they both 
are remakes kind of. The first one does an hour with Michael Myers as a little boy and then remakes the entire first movie in about 20 minutes. Then the second one remakes the entire second movie in about 20 minutes and then reveals it was just a dream sequence and flashes forward to do its own thing. Oof. Thank you for that primer, John. You made me do it. <laughs> no, I'm, I was I was at times informed and at times bored. Uh, all right, let's 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 for real this time hop back into our time machine and uh drive all the way up to 2018 that was a long arduous journey 40 years wow time travel is crazy i feel a little nauseous oh my god and also i have an eye patch now for some reason Ooh. What did we mess up? Uh-oh. Uh, okay, this is the second time on this podcast that you and I didn't see the new movie together. I really, I had fun doing it last time, so let's do a letter grade. Ooh, okay. Like that on the, um, I actually have any, let me, let me, let me, let me think. Okay, you ready? All right. Three, two, two one. one. B, B minus. These are the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> I was oscillating between a B minus and a B, so you know. All right, um, I, I I think I jumped the gun on that grade. Let's uh, give your synopsis of the movie. Oh, oh, that's true, John. <laughs> I was just so excited to hear what you thought of it. All right, well, the plot of this B or B minus rated movie is as <laughs> follows: It's been forty years. Could you believe it? I can't. Time flies. Well, you know what's the hottest thing in entertainment? Podcasting, <laughs> and some diligent podcasters with British accents go to to whatever mental institution uh, Michael Myers is currently housed in. Uh, And uh, they're trying to, like, you know, get a reaction out of him by, like, showing him, like, his old mask. It doesn't work. But then later, he escapes. Where does he go? Where do you think he goes? Well, can I give you a clue? Uh, Laurie Stroud lives still outside the Strode. Still lives outside the same tower. She had all these traumatic experiences happening to her, but now she's more of like a survivalist. She has like a booby trapped house in the middle of nowhere. Uh, She is sort of estranged from her daughter, and but she's and her daughter is played by Judy Greer. Great and. Judy Greer has a husband who's awesome. I call him Cool Dad, and I wanted him to be my dad. I call dad. him Artie the Strongest Man in the World, because it's Toby Huss from the <laughs> Pete and Pete Show. Aw, he's great. Uh, I really like that character. Uh, and she has a granddaughter who uh, has her group of friends, and uh, basically Michael Myers encroaches in on their Halloween 40 years after he originally encroached on Lori's and we can see what happens. He's a real grumpy 61 year old. A real grumpy one. A real grumpy Gus. She's misunderstood. (laughs) First question, um, with this and A Star is Born, have we reached the apex of movies using British accents of lazy shorthand for arrogant assholes? Um, I have not seen A Star is Born. <laughs> does Bradley Cooper have a British accent? Because that would be amazing. No, but his <laughs> evil manager does. The Ooh. evil... Ooh, top of the day, sir. American poet Jackson Maine. I'm an evil British man. Is and he I a think you Cockney should do... newsboy? <laughs> he might as well be. As a side job, like... <laughs> 
collecting pennies with the artful dodger. Uh, I, uh, uh, speaking of real Halloween, I was Jackson Maine for Halloween this year. Bradley Cooper's character from... How was that received? Um, uh, very well, actually. Uh, 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 Kristen is um, Lady Gaga. Ooh, that's John's girlfriend again. <laughs> but not from that movie. She's Lady Gaga from a music video. Um, but yeah, I've, I had two interactions. One with people who are like, yeah, dude, that movie sucked. And I'm like, yeah, it fucking did. And then other people who talk to me for like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, yeah, and it was so dumb. And they'll be like, oh, I, I cried the whole movie. I, <laughs> oh I really liked it. And then I kind of like, and then we kind of awkwardly stare at each other. And then one of us goes, well, I'm going to get a drink. <laughs> oh, boy. But the photos of us have been doing very well uh, on social media. Oh my god! Which Good for on me Soch? means nothing. Uh, for me is very little likes because I am I'm not I'm, I'm my social is not doesn't do so. Oh well. man, more real life creep into this pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, all right. Uh, actual first question. So this movie erases every sequel. Yes. It goes. It is trying to be a direct sequel to the first one. Which, and if so- you have listened to the previous segment, might not have been such a bad idea. Yeah, well, you are, Veronica, in many ways then, perhaps the target audience as someone who had only seen the first one. Mm -hmm. So, without any knowledge other than my expertly delivered synopsis of the series so far, Mm -hmm. what did you think of Halloween 2018 as a direct sequel to Halloween 1978? To be honest, I liked it more than the original Halloween. Holy shit! (laughs) Yeah. I, I thought it was super fun. Wow. I had a great Wait, so time. you you would give the, the original a less than a B grade? I would probably give it a B minus. Or I might give them Bs, but know that I prefer one of them better than the other. Wow. Yeah, I I enjoyed it more. I think there were like some stuff about the new one that I liked. I think there are two things. So like mm-hmm. the weight of Michael Myers and like his deeds on Lori was really effective uh-huh. for me. Yeah. So, like, all that stuff works. So, as mentioned earlier, like, because he's such a blank slate of, like, just, like, a menace thing, the fact that, like, it's been 40 years and we know what's happened and we know what it means to have him be out, all of that, I thought, played really well into sort of my understanding of the stakes of the movie. Yeah. So that was really good. And I thought the friends were better. So I thought like the young people in this movie were like better than the young people in the older movie. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll uh, uh, a few things there. Yeah. I want to talk about. Um, uh, so the, the way, yeah, the, the Laurie Strode stuff, I, I was my favorite part of the movie. And I said, this was a little similar to H2O in the, oh, it's Laurie Strode as a, uh, with post-traumatic stress. But um, this is a much sadder version. It's yeah. 20 years later. She's by herself. Um, uh, she had a rough relationship with her son, Josh Harden, in that this one. In that one. But in this one, um, her daughter, uh, Judy Greer, was forcibly taken from her by the state because she was teaching this young girl to be a kooky survivalist. She was which... basically becoming Hannah from <laughs> the Joe Ride movie, Hannah. <laughs> Uh, and we see that in a couple of very odd flashback cuts. That is the only time this movie does that. And yeah. I thought those were really weird. And I yeah, guess I don't just know there. that we needed them. Yeah. Um, so I I loved all the Lori stuff in here. I love the stuff with her family. Here's what I think 
without knowing any reason, uh, knowing anything really about the production about this movie, other than the timetable and some of the quotes from the the writers, I think what happened is this: they're like, "Hey, true crime's fucking big right now. You know that serial shit, making a murderer." Isn't it pretty lame how everyone wants to focus on these gross killers? What about the victims thing? Maybe that's our idea, where everyone's obsessed with learning more about Michael Myers, kind of like with the Rob Zombie movie tried to explore his backstory. But, but, there's nothing there. He's pure evil, like Loomis said. There's nothing there. So that'll be kind of our hook. that All these faulty people, including a stupid twist midway through the movie, are desperate to know about know Michael Myers' story, but there is no story. They start writing that movie, fall of 2017 happens, the Me Too movement hits hard, and then one day they go, what if we also did that? Okay, good. Laurie Strode is now a, Laurie Strode is now a victim of specifically male aggression, uh, who is a survivor that no one will listen to and no one has listened to for years and whose whole life has been shake, shook by that. Michael Myers now represents uh, patriarchal evil as a whole and we will have... Really? That's how you read it? Oh, okay. Okay, so... <laughs> that um, is not how I saw it at all. This is this is interesting because I um, and uh, uh, the, the, people, the people I saw it with, th- I thought this was borderline heavy-handed. Really? I that did not occur to me at um, all. <laughs> <laughs> and then I haven't heard a lot of people agree with that, so maybe this was all in our heads. But to me, like so first you have um just random stuff. Like you have uh uh the scene with the father and the son where the father doesn't want the son to dance because it's not masculine. He wants him to hunt instead. I thought that was actually like a cool scene. It and was it, a cute little scene just to give give them thing. But like, okay. but I felt like because the kid had no shame about it at all, and it was like it wasn't. I don't think the dad wanted to hunt as much as he wanted to spend time with his son, and that's how he like chose to do it. I just <laughs> consider these all these scenes on top of each other. Okay. So you have that scene. Mm-hmm. Then you have a. Big deal about how um, Allison, uh, Laurie Strode's grand uh, granddaughter, is doing a Halloween costume with her boyfriend in which they are doing gender-swapped roles of Bonnie and Clyde and how she doesn't want her parents to know that that's their costume. Then you have this whole thing with um, uh, 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 her boyfriend. It's this thing like... Um, her boyfriend becomes like a real jerk. Then his friend becomes this really like kind of entitled, like nice guy type character. Who's mm-hmm. like, oh, you deserve better. Give me a kiss. And becomes this like whiny, like fucking like Reddit nice guy. Um, hey, I love you, Reddit. Uh, uh, Box office time machine subreddit. How's it going, guys? Um, <laughs> uh, and it just seemed, and they had made quotes, uh, people in the production that this was going to be like, the Me Too Halloween. The woke Halloween. <laughs> so to me, it felt like there there were threads throughout of this character as we have this these generations of women dealing with this encroaching male evil mm. in a way that seemed to speak to the interpretation of the original that has come up that he is this kind of uh, oppressive puritanical force oppressing sexuality 
in this one you have him as you have this kind of I don't think it was fully I don't think it was fully thought through. I definitely don't think it was implemented heavily. I think, you know, people always like to talk about old horror movies and be like, oh, well, you know, like Godzilla actually represents the fears that uh, uh, post-World War II Japan had following the atomic bomb, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then everyone goes, oh, yes, that makes the movie so much deeper. I would bet that like in their, like, uh, in their, as after a long day of writing, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green would would get in their beds and they'd like go they go to sleep. Do they sleep together? Describe their in, sleeping in this, arrangement. In this, they have bunk beds as they wrote. The Are they head to foot? They had bunk beds and they and they're like good night, Danny. Good night, Davy. And they go to sleep. Uh, 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 warmed to the dreams of thirty years in the future when film critics would go, you know. Uh, the Halloween remake, which we all agree is the second best Halloween movie, rival to the original. Uh, we It's so much more interesting when you realize that it came out right in the heat of the Me Too. What? Uh. They really captured the zeitgeist with all their uh, stuff there. I think at the very le- least they were aware and were feeding that stuff in. But whether or not you saw that or not, uh, saw that or not I think... This movie had room for the podcasters or the teenagers. It did not have room for both. I love the third act of this movie when it actually did become Laurie's movie. I thought the second act in particular was a bit of a mess. And while it did have really effective kill scenes and horror sequences, uh, for instance, like that uh, the nice guy friend, I thought the floodlight gimmick in that was great. Yeah. Although maybe really could have been Im- implemented even more. I thought the closet scare um was uh was great spoiled in the trailers but i thought that was a wonderful uh little gag and i thought the the relationship between that babysitter and that little boy was really fun yeah, although that little boy is so good he got one or two reaction shots too many but um <laughs> that the, the very cute scene where she's like you actually are my favorite I, like i thought that was really well done um but i do i do think it, this movie was overstuffed i I, I'm surprised to hear you, how much you say you like the teenagers in comparison to the other one. I thought we didn't weren't given enough time to give a flying fuck about any of them. I Except mean, for just like, oh, Dave's got fucking weed, so Dave's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we got to know them as well as we got to know the ones in the previous ones, I feel like. I don't know that I knew Annie or Laura. Do we? Linda. Linda. I will know it by the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lori, I, Annie, and Linda. Yeah, just like... I, I feel like I got to know them as well as I needed to for this mm-hmm. to work. Um, I also think that, like, I guess to go back to your point, I feel like the idea of, like, the nice guy trope mm-hmm. or, like, all those things, those are, like, very cliched things that have been done before. And I guess they could be, like, reinterpreted in light of, like, Me Too or whatever. But I feel like a lot of movies have that. So I would yeah. not... I don't think that was necessarily inserted there in order to, like, I don't know, uh, further that motif, I guess. To argue against my own point, it could, it is entirely possible that um, uh, they just, and I, I do think they were making a goal to give little unrelated scenes to all the victims, no matter how small, to make you feel bad for when they died. And it's possible that that little dancing scene was just there to give a little character to this child who, in a f- fairly shocking moment, gets brutally killed. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the dancing kid is just who he is. Fucking dancing gun kid. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, he gets uh, brutally killed. But it, yeah, it, I don't know. Watching that scene, because like a choice was made that we're randomly going to have this father and son talk about um, these kind of like patriarchal gender roles. And then the kid who wants to just be a dancer gets strangled to death. And then we cut to our main characters who are also swapping traditional gender roles. It mm. just felt like too much to be a coincidence. Mm. But I could be completely, uh, completely um, uh, off on this one. Um, either way. Write and then- to us at <laughs> boxofficetimemachine at gmail.com. <laughs> well, the best- and find out who owns that email address. I- I- <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, I couldn't in any way explain what uh, Me Too has to do with the stupidest scene in the movie, talking about Bon Me like you're in a shitty Pulp Fiction parody. Oh yeah, that was that was kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, I did not know that Bon Me was the name of the bread. I thought it was the sandwich. So I guess I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> that's really as long as you learn one thing, and that's the only thing I learned from this movie. Is good. Well, uh, so let's let's then focus on uh, Lori. Let's. Mm-hmm. What is her journey? Where where do we find her? Well, we find her um, uh, just fucking Sarah Connoring it up yeah. in a in a house in the woods. Um, uh, I like I. It was cutesy and a little cute by half, but I really appreciated. I enjoyed all the moments where they took shots from the original movie. But replaced Michael with Laurie. Oh I yeah, that, was, that was really good. I I as someone who like watched those movies back to back, I felt like I recognized a bunch <laughs> of them, and it was it was good. They they did a good job with that. I agree. My favorite shot in all in all the Halloween movies, and they they repeat it. It's a little effect that they did by using a dimmer switch on the light to have Michael's mask appear out of shadow. Mm-hmm, yeah, and um the whole like so during the second act, I was when like. Dr. Sartain was doing whatever the fuck he was doing. I was like, this is not great. I'm not having a good time. This is a, It's a bummer that I'm not really enjoying this. Then we got and we got a third and I was like, okay, now I'm enjoying it. Now this is what I wanted out of the sequel. This is Lori's movie again. Oh, I wish they'd done the one, my one favorite thing. And then they do it with Lori. And I was like, all right, that's good. And then they got the best track in John Carpenter's new score. Yes, I've downloaded it. <laughs> I've been listening to it a lot. Uh, it's the sick, like sorrowful. I think it's called "The Shape Is Trapped," but they play it at the end. Uh, it's great. Oh, like when he, when they lock him, uh... or does he? Here's my favorite scene of the movie, and where I laughed out loud in a crowded theater was when. So, at at one point after the redded nice guy <laughs> gets spiked on top of like a fence uh allison gets picked up by doctor what's his name again dr sartain sartain and which uh, feels like it's a reference but i don't i'm not sure what to he is very bad i bet his zoc dog rating is very (laughs) low uh but so she gets picked up by him and they are driving in this police car 
Oh, by him and Beckett, who's yeah. alive at that point. No, it's not. Uh, Is Beckett. he supposed? Because no, he like no. keeps making references to like helping Doctor Loomis. I and I, I was like, is it the same dude? It's not the same actor, but I assumed it was the same. No, character. Uh, no, I that because that guy would be much older. Uh, yeah, it, he, it didn't I, make sense. I believe he'd be like a young cop. I think the idea is he was a young cop on the scene. Um, I think the original intention of this movie was to shoot uh from what i heard they were gonna shoot reshoot the ending of the original movie from michael's perspective and then maybe we were gonna see that sheriff's character as like a young cop finding the body um but from what i heard uh uh, john carpenter was like you don't need to fucking do that that seems unnecessary (laughs) that um that room Lori's room in this movie that she falls out of the window mm-hmm. that is a one-to-one recreation of the original of the room oh, from the end of the falls. movie because that's the set that they had built for that original opening ah, sequence they didn't shoot fun fact yeah uh well so so they're driving the cop the doctor and the teenager in the back and they come up across michael myers of course the police officer like rams into him and you think he's dead and then like the officer wants to shoot him and the doctor turns and stabs the officer killing the officer and then the next shot is from the perspective of Allison of like the oh god of the doctor putting on the Michael Myers mask and i was like if this movie turns into this doctor becoming the Michael Myers killer, I would actually enjoy it quite a bit. I, there is. <laughs> I thought it was such a weird idea. And I was like, is that where they're going with this? Because this is insane. And it's just, I mean, to me that, yeah, I, I did like, as much as I thought that twist was dumb, I do, I, I'm not. I love the insane performance that that actor is yeah. giving. He has that crazy line where he yells to people, go back at your doors, I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to me, yeah, that whole thing of like people wanting to hear Michael's story, it just felt like a thread that didn't wasn't fully explored to an extent that it needed to be. And I know a lot of uh, critics have pointed out that the Sartain twist at this point seems to just be a way to get Michael from one location to another, Mm -hmm. to get him to the Strode house. Because in this version, they're not brother-sister. He doesn't give a shit about Lori Strode. I actually would have appreciated a moment where she realizes he doesn't even recognize her. Well, so how do you know whether he recognizes her or not? We don't. Yeah. So, like, I that was also another thing of mine of, like, what is his goal? He's out. He just wants murder because it's Halloween, I suppose. Yeah. And he somehow gets He's just to... just evil. So, he, like, he doesn't... So, in your mind, he doesn't, like, recognize her as anyone he's managed before. He's Well, in this one, he really does seem to just be a straight thrill killer. He's just walking down the street fucking hacking away. Yeah, he, like, keeps upgrading his weapons. It's yes. almost like a video game. <laughs> he's playing... He's playing Haddonfield GTA. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what did you think of the scene where he doesn't kill the baby? Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose the yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't read much into it. I feel like it could have gone either way, but I feel like my reaction to it would have been similar. Like, yeah, it it felt like a lot of the the podcast, the story stuff, like something where. It, there was like it's it feels like an interesting idea that doesn't actually have any meat behind it yeah um i and it's funny because i love i i do like all these ideas i love the idea of turning this the way the franchise has 
become obsessed with Michael Myers' backstory when the whole point is that he doesn't have a backstory. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of like connecting that to uh, America's true crime obsession uh, because um, while I can recount <laughs> recount the Halloween series in great detail, I actually hate true crime. Um, true crime. Give me my bad. fictional killers. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to hear about some actual seventeen-year-old girl who got stabbed. Yeah, um, that's not my jam either. But uh, I, I know lots my of friends. My jam is strawberry. <laughs> I know lots of friends who love it. But again, I also I I'm very down with you know this. Uh, Laurie Strode is this Avenger, uh, and I liked the scenes of her as this broken, sad. I I could have seen more. I could have seen more of her. Um, like. She appears to be a bit of an alcoholic. We see one yeah. scene where she's just breaking down sobbing. I like the the scene that she like comes to the um, restaurant and drinks an entire glass of wine in one sip. <laughs> yes. Yep. No, there was yeah, there was a lot of good stuff in it. Um, and like you said, Toby Huss and Judy Greer are great. They were so fun. I I, I was like this. This is cool, Dad. I like this Dad. He's just, just keeps right talking about my... his penis. Yeah, that that was a funny line. Oh, I got it on my penis. Yeah. He felt like a dad. Yeah, he felt like a real nice dad, which is good. It's you not... know, a little girl needs some stability. <laughs> it's I mean... not. Yeah, and it's not like I don't like uh, the the podcasters. I thought that stuff was fine. I thought the performances was fine. I thought that opening scene at um. Smith's Grove was cool. I just think we didn't have enough time to get them and introduce all these teens and like live with them for a while. It just all like I just didn't have, you know, when when we see that Dave died as much as like Dave's fucking cool. Except like guys, that tattoo sucked. That's such a lame tattoo. I know. A teenager getting a tattoo of just a date of a party he hopes is fun, and it's not <laughs> even a party. He's just going over to his girl, the house where his girlfriend is babysitting. Yeah. That dude's fucking weird. <laughs> well, you don't know. He might have like so many tattoos on his body that are just like dates <laughs> that could or could not be significant. You know, yeah, you don't get dates that haven't happened yet. That you're like, this is gonna be good. Like, oh, February 5th. I bet that's gonna be a good one. You know, imagine how pressure Hey guys, we really have to have fun tonight because I got a tattoo. Yeah, it gotta be tattoo worthy, good of a time. But his girlfriend into it has, I, I think, one of the funnier lines of the script. I'm gonna dry hump the shit out of you. Is, yeah. that, is that what she says when she sees his tattoo? I thought um, they were very cute. I really like I, I really like that actor. I thought he was the best actor in uh break. Blockers, blockers, that one. Oh, was that him? He was like that, like drug dealer, stoner dude who was just like fun. Oh, uh, let's not get into into blockers. <laughs> yeah, let's not. This is a <laughs> Halloween podcast, but I just thought uh, that actor was good. Yeah, and I I thought the the actress was fun, and the little kid, while probably given a little too much screen time after things get scary, uh, he was good too. Um, yeah, I just I wish, I wish we had changed up the ratios. Mm. I almost like I don't even need to see you know what like I don't even need to see the bathroom scene with the fucking um with uh uh the all the teeth and stuff mm-hmm. just have someone the same someone that discover so their bodies funny. just have someone discover those bodies give that time to either Lori or like Allison or Karen like mm-hmm. those should be our main characters Lori Allison and Karen uh, Judy Greer's character mm-hmm. but we're also going to follow Dave, a nice guy, dude, and um, the blonde girlfriend, and uh, uh, 
girl flirting with the point. boyfriend at the dance. But I guess the podcasters were only there for like three scenes. So yeah. it was Well, I mean, they go fun. to the grave. Oh, yeah. There's also the grave scene, I suppose. Here's a question for you, John. Yeah. <laughs> you have been menaced by a psycho killer. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Uh, this is true. This is not when the you movie. Were, it's just, when you were young. Yeah, this is then true. Then <laughs> 40 years later, as you live in your fortified house, mm. do you have a door that still has glass in it? <laughs> do you have windows that do not have bars on them? Or do you have doors that for some reason have like these like chains that go down but you don't install the same thing on your windows do i go down into the basement and then go ah fuck this i'm going back up after two minutes also do you live the clicker to your basement hideout on the counter (laughs) (laughs) there were like a bunch of stuff in this movie where i was like i know that this has to happen because scares but it seems like that is the number one thing that me as someone manist manist wow you what really is, want to say manist i i want to say it of someone chased by someone chased by mcmanist <laughs> chased by the mcmanis ghost uh like i feel like you know first thing like steel door second thing bars on all the windows yeah yeah I did like her crazy basement hideout under under the marble uh, island. I like that. And a lot of canned goods, which a lot of mannequins. Good for her. That's the one. Oh thing. yeah, the mannequins was so fun. Any plan? <laughs> my one thing that I would do differently than Laurie Strode, if I'm terrified of being uh, uh, hunted and haunted by a by a killer, I would not fill my apartment. My apartment <laughs> in this world, I live in an apartment. Yeah. I would not fill my domicile with. Uh, Dozens of spooky mannequins. Also, let's recap the contents of the rooms in Casa Strode. First bedroom on the ground floor, nothing in it. Second bedroom on the ground floor, still empty. Third bedroom has one piece of furniture. Fourth bedroom, packed it to the gills with mannequins. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And like other tchotchkes. That was a, that was just like bad allocation of resources is what I'm saying. But I'm fine I feel like she could have Airbnb'd at least two of these rooms. Lori's a fucking mess and I'm fine with it. I liked all of that. She is a mess. Maybe she can find solace. Well, let's let's I guess talk about whether she does find solace of any kind. Uh well she burns his fucking ass. Yeah, as he like stands there and stares at her. I love like a it. I love that child that he was inside. What is what are the line? What are the great lines? What does uh, Karen say right before she shoots him? Oh, I lied or something like that. Just kidding. Or, Just kidding. Then, I lied. Or and then does does uh, Lori say good good girl or something? Oh man, Let, let's look it up. I know, but yeah, no, I, I yeah, I think and give Karen some more scenes. That's who I want more. I want a little more. You know what? I honestly, I think the better version of this would have really, and maybe the studio didn't want this, really limited the scenes of the teenagers and make like, make this much more about mother and daughter Mm. with the granddaughter as just this kind of representative of the past. Is she going, does she need to be protected like Karen was protected? Or is that just another way of ruining her life? Like that kind of thing. 
You really hate on the teenagers. Oh, man, John. I I just think we have like all these competing themes and they don't uh, they don't assist the theme in any way other than Halloween movies have dead teens in them. Yeah, they should. That's part of it, though. That's I feel like you as a watcher of all the Halloween movies should understand it better than anyone. But if they're just there really to be, you know, a, a, a sign of the future that needs to either be protected or not, then they don't need as much screen time as I got. Mm, I suppose. I like the teenagers. I don't give That's a shit. Agree to disagree. <laughs> got I'll, I'll tell you something. Le- doing this podcast, I've really learned, like, because um, I read, like, the uh, the Wikipedia synopsis to kind of, like, refresh before we record. Ooh. And um, it's very funny to see how whoever, like, because these are just written by, like, fans. But you can tell the scenes that didn't really work because even in the Wikipedia synopsis, while the movie may have given these plot lines, like, 20 or 25 minutes, the synopsis will just kind of brush right by. Mm-hmm. So, like, in this one, they really are, like, um, Allison's has some teenage friends. Some of them die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I suppose that's true. I really don't get the point of Cameron, her boyfriend. I felt doesn't like he even would, die. He doesn't, and he's like the one where, based on their actions, we were like, who you think should die? Well, he seems like he might be a reference to the boyfriend played by the guy, by the guy from Days of Confused in Halloween Four. Mm, that's and, a deep cut. Yeah, but I think they do like a very there's similar also thing where he's fl- kisses. She catches him kissing another girl. But there's also just I think they refer to him as sort of being angry when he drinks and like having this drinking problem. I feel like that's that goes like into more, my Me Too yeah. thing. It's all these shitty men. The movie is filled with shitty men and the women who uh, have to deal with them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you think, so as we said, uh, Michael Myers gets trapped in Laurie Stroud's panic basement. Strode. Strode. I call her Strode. Uh, so Laurie Stroud is menacing uh, <laughs> Mikhail Myers. All right. Let's make fun of Veronica some more. <laughs> uh, so Laurie Strode. That feels weird. I feel like it should be Stroud. Can we re-edit this? Um, let's re-edit 40 years of movies. Yeah. I want to I wanna go back and loop that dialogue. No, but. Symbiote. So, so she, <laughs> she gets, she traps him in uh that basement uh-huh. and then again instead of shooting him a thousand times which is like what every character should do in this movie but they don't because scary um she traps him in a basement unleashes basically just gas leaks yeah. all over the house and sets the house on fire and we assume that he's gone but is he john is he gone Visually, it was great, but I do think um, the, the Laurie Strode of this movie would probably go more for the Halloween H2O thing of literally cutting his fucking head off. Yeah, I feel like it It almost, yeah, it looked like it was a nice twist with that, that shot when you saw, like, the bars closing mm-hmm. in and him standing there and then him, like, standing among the flames, but... It's not a practical way of killing Michael Myers. I feel like yeah. it's like overly elaborate. I thought it worked as like a visual metaphor. I was the music was great. He yeah. is returned to hell and they're just watching him trap down there. Well, they only watch him. They for do like, leave a little early yeah. and from what I they gather don't die. from what I gather you hear his breathing after the credits. That's what I read too. Also Ugh. apparently David Gordon Green thought about a sequel idea already so 
Well, this movie has made... It hasn't made Venom money, but it's made a lot of money. It's made, yeah, probably, like, better than any other Halloween movie if, money. If you brought this back, what would you do? If I brought this back, I I wish, and this, like, I wish it was more of a fan of the genre to, like, write something that would be like that. But I wish there was a movie where you can still work in the fact that doors are fortified, everything is fortified. You do, like, try to kill the killer as best as you can and not, like, drop things and, like don't finish the job and still i wonder if you can make that movie and have it be like scary but i mean i would assume he just like crawls out of some crawl space and like keeps going i yeah. feel like that's what would happen yeah, i don't know i like I, <laughs> yeah i don't know what i mean the sequel would just have to be somehow he escapes and he like i don't want I don't want Laurie Strode to come back. Like, give give her a fucking break. Yeah. Unless they go real just fucking silly with it and she's just like serial killer hunter and she's traveling from town to town hunting serial killers. Well, that was like something that they kind of hinted at in the movie and I would have been very cool with it being the actual movie of just her hunting him instead of him hunting her. They do it briefly. If you yeah, know. there there is like some brief stuff about it, about how like I've been prepping all this time to kill him and all this stuff. But I feel like, yeah, maybe if the movie comes back, it is just Lori snapping and like, no, I'm just going to do this now and I'm going to go after him. Yeah. But... I'd, yeah, maybe that could work as a movie. I'm I'm not sure. But you that would you couldn't do that again. They just did it. Like I think either. Yeah. Also, since we're going real time now, dude's old. Yeah, I was. That's like a good amount of. He's time an athletic sixty-one-year-old. He's fucking lifting people up. He's his head is his hand is going through people's heads. Yeah, he he has, you know, evil, pure evil rage. He's a he's a buff dude. <laughs> he is a buff dude. But yeah, he is like in his sixties now. I wish we saw his face like in the first one. If we're gonna take uh, take every scene. I like I liked all those scenes like in the beginning with the podcasters where he's just like in the background, like yeah. doing stuff. I mean, in the original that also happens where he just like hangs out in the background. That was that was just good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you seem to like it uh, pretty well. Yeah. You like the movie a good amount. I liked, I loved the uh, last third. I liked elements of the first two acts. I thought it was overstuffed and would have taken the ideas from either act and supplanted the I, other ideas. Um, but overall, I think we're fairly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, are you inspired to go track down the other Halloween movies? No, <laughs> I feel like I've seen the good ones. I don't want to ruin it. There are good things in... uh, uh, (laughs) Not Resurrection. There are good things in everyone except for Resurrection. I might check out H2O. Uh, Maybe. Because that was... I I remember it as a movie of, like, when I was a teenager or sort of even younger. Like, that being, like, in the zeitgeist and me not watching it. So I feel like I might just do it to... I don't know, give the opportunity to 13-year-old Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's really interesting is um, uh, uh, a, a weird through line of this series is that they could never get the mask right again. 
Oh, really? So, um, particularly in four, the mask is terrible. It's just pure white. It just looks really shitty. Uh, and then in H2O, they had to reshoot a bunch of the scenes because when the trailer came out, people were like, the mask looks like shit. Oh. Um, so if you watch the trailer, the original trailer has different masks. I thought the mask looked great in this one. Yeah, it was good. It was. I like that the hair was like worn out yeah. as it would be for a 40-year-old mask. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the mask grew with the masky. I um I I was in a party city the other day and I walked by that Halloween mask and it was from the new ones so it was, looked a little old, like older and worn out and had like little cuts in it and stuff and uh the hair was in a wig like little wig net that was white but mm-hmm. the net had come off the hair so it was just it looked like they'd given the mask a shock of white hair <laughs> and I actually looked at it for a few minutes and I was like wait do the people who designed this mask think that's his actual hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are doing old, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, cool. Yeah. How, those are two Halloweens. Uh, fine, fine horror films. Yeah. A classic and uh, um, the a, a sequel with merit. <laughs> oh, that is in madness. Madness. I, I had a good time with this one. <laughs> um, um, so, John, do you yeah. think this is going to be... Oh, yeah, our questions. Yeah, our questions. We have a set of questions. Let's start with the first one. Do you think this is going to have longevity the way that... Obviously, perhaps not the original, but, you know, sequels for other movies have had. I made fun, but I do think this will be an easy example uh, when people are going through, like, uh, the uh, the effect culture of this time had on horror movies like it'll be very easy to be like like the lazy like you'll just uh historians will be able to lazily go like get out tackled racial issues of the time whereas the halloween remake used an older laurie strode to stand in for f- female anger in uh, the, the me too movement I don't want to go to that film class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that's po- that's possible. Um, uh, I I mean, it's a sequel in a famous series that isn't going to uh, leave public consciousness anytime soon. Um, so I would say I don't think it'll ever be considered essential viewing. I don't think there will ever be a time when people will be like, oh, Halloween, yeah, you watched one and then eleven. That's what and I would say. And you're good to go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's easy to... Yeah, all these movies are up on stream. It's easy to go through the series. I think it is easy to just watch this one and that one. I think it has already kind of gotten a good reputation currently as the best one since the first. Um, and I think that's true. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. The old will see verdict. People, uh, people will still be watching it. Uh, people will still be watching it um, just because it's a sequel in a long-standing franchise. And so, like, like any James Bond movie, it'll just always be in the conversation, right? Even if people are like, "Oh yeah, skip that one." Um, but I, I, I don't know that I think anyone will like the reputation will like look back at this as a classic of either the subgenre or our time. Mm, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Your uh, opinion has been accepted. <laughs> <laughs> How did two box office wise? We're this is actually its second week at number one. This is its second week. This is also our second week of watching 
a movie that is a leftover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are hot on the pulse. We are hot on that pulse. Uh, So this weekend, it is estimated to have made $32 The previous weekend, I believe it made $80 which was the most for a female-led scary movie and the most for... A movie with a lead over 55. A a female lead. A female lead over 55. Would you call her the lead of the film? I mean, I call her the most recognizable name. Yeah. I suppose, I don't know that in terms of screen time, she had noticeably less than her granddaughter, but I suppose that's true. I wish she had more. I mean, for sure. I wish, definitely. We're in agreement on but that. But I was had Jamie Lee Curtis t- uh, tweeted all those numbers out with those pictures of uh, she, uh, uh, Judy Greer, the actress who plays Allison, and I was like, good. I love, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Who doesn't like Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, she's wonderful. Let's all watch uh, True Lies. Great movie. <laughs> uh, all right, so our next pod is gonna focus on the week of November 9th. November, it's gonna get cold. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> um, Thanksgiving, the scariest oh, day of the year. For some, for turkeys. <laughs> um, so uh, the nationwide releases for that weekend are Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Oh, God. Uh, oh God, I, please let us not have to watch that. I know. I believe he's about to steal Christmas. Hey, uh, let's hire Benedict Cumberbatch to do uh, a voice in our movie. Let's make him do an American accent. Oh, boy. Is that is that his voice? Oh Yeah, he's oof. doing his fucking Doctor Strange voice. Oh, Doctor Strange. Um, Girl in the Spider's Web. Oh, returning to the, uh, what's the character's name? Uh, Lisbeth Salander, Lisbeth Salander world, but without David Fincher. It's and... so weird. So like the chronology of those movies is interesting because they made the Swedish movies. Yeah. They made the movies out of the first three books. Then the American ones they made out of the first one. And mm. they were like, fuck the rest of them. <laughs> no one liked that movie enough. Let's make a new movie from a book that was not even really authored by the author. Yeah, this is like if you made like, um, so they have all those like, uh, you know, born movies and like uh, James Bond, mo- born books and James Bond books that are written by like the original <laughs> authors like nephew and son and instead of like adapting the original ones, you went straight to that. Yeah, it's very odd. I recently also found out that Tom Clancy no longer writes books. No, so, like no. all the Tom Clancy books he just are makes like, video games. Oh yeah, he's he's very good in that. Weirdly, not the Rainbow Six series. He's making Madden games. Oh wow! Yeah, most that, know that. That, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, John, for that. <laughs> and Overlord, which I saw the trailer to before Halloween. Yes. It's definitely it's, not a Cloverfield movie. Yeah, so I was like, is this Cloverfield? It didn't say Cloverfield, but I mean, I mean, it, I would not put it past J.J. Abrams to have it actually be a Cloverfield it movie. Apparently, it probably at the very least was going to be, and then that one they released after the Super Bowl, people hated, so. Yeah, probably will not see it unless I'm forced to by this podcast. Uh, forced to. <laughs> this podcast is forcing you. That bar's on it. Uh, so out of these uh, candidates, mm. or let me add another. Yeah, what's opening next week? 
So next week we have uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's Fool, uh, Tyler oh, Perry. Oh, Tyler Perry film, yeah. Uh, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. That's Ooh, opening God. in 3,800 theaters. Wow. That seems like a typo. Do Is there any... Do Are people at all interested in that? Because I think that looks... So, like, such a just, like, so... Like... It was double duff when they were like, Alice in Wonderland, but an action ep- <laughs> Lord of the Rings style epic fantasy. Also, with, uh, you know, goofy Tim Burton heads. Right. This looks like that same approach of like turning something into Lord of the Rings that shouldn't be, but with a property that's even more ill suited for it. Yeah, it's, I mean, to be honest, I heard very little about it. So I've. I would not see it. It's like I'm also very not interested in seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, but I no. can see like people being into it. The trailer to Bohemian Rhapsody is basically people mentioning Queen things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how many Galileos do we need to say? That's like a line. Hey guys, the scuba tank has too little pressure. It's under pressure. What'd you say? Uh, no, I think that movie looks fucking awful. Yeah. Um, but I love Rami Malek. Well, I, he looks like Freddie Mercury, but it seems like from the trailer that he's just lip syncing. Yeah, I don't know. So what's the point? I also like his absurd fake point? teeth that he's wearing. Oh, oh yeah. That's... <laughs> anyway, let's hope we don't have to see any of those. But what do you think is going to be the movie God. we talk about next? Wow, pod? I don't have a strong... God, when we started this, I thought it would be so obvious, easy to predict. Um, I would say, gosh, is it possible that that Nutcracker movie is going to be a hit? For two weekends? I would think families would be more interested in seeing the, I, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to be a real pessimist and think. A that, real and Grinch? S- a real Grinch and guess that you and I are going to have to go to the latest <laughs> attempt to turn a story that has no reason being that long into a feature length movie. Oh my God! Uh, people, listeners who don't live li- live in New York, which I assume is no one, um, the subway posters for the Grinch are so fucking obnoxious. They're attempting to be clever, so it's all like the Grinch saying things that Grinchy New Yorkers would say. So it's just pictures of his face. Sorry, hold it. <coughs> I had to cough before I did my great Grinch voice, but no. Um, it's just pictures of his face with stupid taglines like, "Um, no, I won't go to your off Broadway show." Oh, I did see that one. I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was a reference to the fact that the Grinch has a Broadway show. Oh. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, so the Grinch is like is like your catty gay friend who um no, I won't see your off Broadway show. <laughs> like I was just like, that's I hate that for those posters so fucking much. I mean, they're trying too hard. Guys, the cartoon's out there. Go see the fucking cartoon. It's or great. read the book. Or see the wonderful film starring Jim Carrey yes. and uh, the girl from Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. She turned bad. So, yeah, I think I agree with you that <clears throat> it's going to be The Grinch, but I don't know. I, I probably would have preferred to see the girls in the spider's web. I, yeah, I'd absolutely prefer to see that. Sure. I'll see uh, Claire, Claire Foy. Is she Claire taking Foy, the queen. Oh, no, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, I think, in it. Ooh, I really like him. Yeah, I, I believe he see, has a sniper rifle in the trailer. I would see him as the Grinch. 
Yeah, sure. Um, hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Hey, subscribe on uh, uh, iTunes and give us reviews. Yeah, give us reviews. Perhaps five star ones. And also, um, if there isn't a new logo by the time of the next episode, send me angry tweets because that's on the list of things I need to do. Yes, please send John angry tweets, even if he does. <laughs> do I'm going to do it anyway. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>